0: Welcome to another episode of Cruel Summer. We are on episode 25. So we're on the uh, closing stretch, as it were, to episode 28, which will be uh, covering 2018. And uh, But we're not talking about 2018 today. We're talking about 2015. And we're going to talk about Shizuke Nakamura versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. And uh, joining me today is a return guest. He appeared on... I forget which episode he appeared on, but he'll tell us in a sec. He's our uh, Ring of Honor uh, correspondent. He, he, does, he does the good work there because no one else wants to watch Ring of Honor. Uh, and Ouch! He's also, and he's also our uh, G1 Climax uh, press conference correspondent as well. He got credentials for that. <laughs> Incredible. I've been living in Japan and going to multiple show, shows for New Japan, and I've never been credentialed. It's amazing. But he is Mike Murray. Mike, how are you today?
1: I'm doing fantastic on this uh, really hot Friday night in Toronto.
0: How hot is it?
1: Uh, it's hot. It's muggy. It's thick. Uh, I can't complain. I mean, it's not as hot as it was in Dallas uh, a couple weeks ago. But uh, it's it's a muggy, sticky night in Toronto.
0: So before we get to talking about 2015, let, let's talk about the 2019 G1 Climax. Uh, and you went to the opener yes. in, in Dallas, Texas. Tell us a bit about that experience. Uh,
1: it was it was pretty cool. Um, as everyone know and has seen it by now, uh, the crowd was not huge, but it was a super passionate, super excited crowd to be there. Um, the people that were there were happy happy to see who they saw thought everybody was, you know, big stars. Everybody from, you know, Yano to Tanahashi
0: was super over. Yeah. I think the, 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 the audio of the crowd, like, uh, kind of compensated a bit for like the visuals of like all these empty seats in the arena. Um, I'm, I'm hoping like Mark Cuban gave them a nice, like sweetheart deal for the rental of the place. Uh, because like running a, what was it? Is it a 20,000 seat venue? It's got to
1: be around that. I mean, it's an NHL NBA arena, so you can fit. I'm going to say somewhere between 16 and maybe 19. I would say, but then you have to add the floor seats as well. So,
0: so you got 5,000. That's that's not a good look. I I got to think that they didn't think that they were actually going to sell it out, but that they got an excellent price on the rental. Maybe a buck. Hopefully, a buck. That's what that's what I would have like said to Mark Cuban. Hey. We're not running a twenty thousand seat venue because it's gonna look like shit on our pay per view or and our TV. So, how much is charging us for it? I'll charge you a dollar. Oh, okay, we'll take that. Because I would have, I would have I mean, ran, I would have ran a five thousand seat venue or six thousand seat venue. It would have been perfect.
1: There, there must be some deeper connection between Access Cuban and uh, New Japan,
0: right? Oh, definitely. Well, he owns Access TV, right? yeah exactly yeah. and they're the American broadcasting partners of of New Japan so there, there's, yeah, I mean, there's I mean I mean they pushed
1: for, for that for that television show they they pushed that show really hard I mean they had Okada all day right all day Okada on uh, Access leading up to that show and I mean going to a show like that where you've got a few minutes between matches because they hit commercials right uh, it, it, it kind of broke up the action a little bit it was nice catch your breath for a couple minutes before uh, the, the next one starts and I mean, everybody for the, that main event, like literally everyone was on their feet for the beginning of that. It was it was a pretty incredible uh, reaction from the crowd for that.
0: Yeah, well, let, we'll get back to that in a second. I, so you went to the press conference too, and your and your daughters were able to take a lot of cool pictures.
1: <laughs> My daughters were there. Uh, I, uh, we, we kind of last minute decided to hit the press conference. We did a road trip from toronto down to texas to do to go to the show and uh see some sites and uh have a vacation to start summer vacation for the girls and while we're there it's like well let's let's do this let's go check it out and see what it is and when we got there it was it was a legit press conference i mean that's what it was so i texted john and he said uh i didn't think you were gonna go do this but go see if you can find this guy and let him know who you are and lo and behold uh the four of us got to sit with uh, you know Meltzer and uh, the upper echelon of uh, wrestling reporters. And my oldest daughter, Vivian, and I, uh, after the press conference, went into the Q&A room. And uh, we got to sit in and watch some of that and uh, live tweeted out for uh, the post-wrestling fans.
0: Did, did Vivian get any chance to uh, ask questions? Vivian
1: was like could not kind of believe the ride she was on. I don't think she was pretty, I think that was cooler to her than the actual G1, like being in pretty much uh, a smaller than your, you know, your grade four classroom or a smaller room than your grade four classroom with like, you know, 20 people and there's Okada, right. And she's like in the second row and she's like, you know, something like that for, for a 10 year old, you know, a 10-year-old who knows who Okada is, right? <laughs> it was, like, it was pretty mind-blowing for her, I think. Uh, it was that's, cool.
0: That's wonderful to hear. So let's get back to the main show. Like, we'll talk about the main event in a sec, because you, you're bringing that up. But what was, in your opinion, like, the, the biggest star on that show?
1: <sighs> like, everybody was a star on that show, literally. Who's was the like, biggest? It, uh... It, it was, I think Okada, but it was close. Tana was close. Tanahashi was close.
0: Yeah. What would you say the re- re- reaction for Kenta was?
1: Pretty good. Um, there was, there was some people who were, you know, anti-Hideo Itami and were waiting for Ibushi to kick the shit out of uh, Kenta. There was a lot of those chants And from where we were sitting. Uh, there was, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the Red Shoes chant came through over uh if you're watching it at home there's some people who were a little bit bored during that match but Kenta was Kenta was still pretty uh pretty big on that uh, for that audience
0: and, and let's talk about the main event so that definitely had the best reaction of the, of the whole night for you
1: yeah i mean it was uh it was incredible to see a main event where like everybody was that invested in it and it was i mean it's not their best match for sure that I think anybody's seen between them, but for the almost 5,000 people that were there, it was, it was kind of like going to church for them. I think, you know, at, at the church of uh, Tanahashi and Okada.
0: Now, let me ask you, do you think they should have done that match at Madison square garden?
1: That would have probably been insane if they did it at that Madison square garden. I don't think that they necessarily needed to, they, they'd already sold that place out before like almost a year in advance right so you can you can sit on that match knowing that you can pull it out when you needed to it would have been i think uh better if they'd announced it two months out
0: oh I totally agree I think if they said the main event is Okada versus tanahashi in the g one climax block match uh, it, it wouldn't have hurt like them announcing that okay these two are in the same block they're gonna have their, a match on the first night because in japan it, it it doesn't have the same cachet anymore because they've done it so many times here as an event, yeah. event that i think if you announced it first time in american soil tanahashi versus okada g1 climax like block match oh my god I think you would have sold it i i'm gonna say probably between three to five thousand maybe three thousand more tickets maximum but it would have been better than like five thousand people you know what i mean yeah, and I think,
1: I mean, what was it, about three weeks out when they announced that match? I mean, at that point, people, if, if you're not already in Dallas, you are not committing to this, right? It's, it's the July 4th long weekend. People are off down there on Thursday. They're probably off on the Friday. Saturday is the show. So people already got plans by then of what they're going to do. People celebrate July 4th. Of, like, that's a big deal down there. It's oh. not like Canada Day. No, No, not like Canada Day. But
0: <laughs> I will also say, like, I think, like, the fly-in audience was, was, uh, was like, taken away by, you know, the AEW show the week before. I was like, uh, I think Fight for the Fallen, right? Oh, no, 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 Fighter Fest was the week before. And people, I, I'm pretty sure people traveled for that, like, driving or flying in for that show. Like, a week later, you're going to try to go to another show in Dallas? I don't think so.
1: No, you've also got the the all out show in Chicago coming up at the end of the summer. You've got SummerSlam in our hometown you know, uh, a month after this this show, too, right? So there's there's a lot of big shows coming up, right? And there was a lot of other other things going on in, uh, in Dallas, you know, around this. You had Impact the next night. Somebody ran a Raw like the Monday before. I'm sure that didn't help. No, so I think I, I don't think Dallas
0: is like a typically, you know, what you would consider a hotbed of pro wrestling. Like I'm sure I don't know that has a three, lot. Of, that's still three big shows in one week, though. Yeah, I, that's why I think right? they definitely got a deal on the place. I, I would have, if I'm them, I were, I would have ran like Philadelphia or Chicago or even Toronto. I always say this yeah. when I'm talking to John. Is like, the, why don't you run a show? in one of those markets because i think california is kind of burnt out i don't think dallas is the kind of place that a lot of people can can go to because it's like so far in the southwest whereas like somewhere in the midwest or on the east coast is a lot easier to get to especially for like canadians i think canadians going to philadelphia it's a lot easier than canadians going to to, to texas
1: you know for sure i mean it, you if you're coming from toronto you could drive to Philadelphia and- eight hours maybe seven hours i want to say i might be wrong off on that but uh you know for us it was it was 21 hours on the road to get, get down there uh we saw lots of great sights along the way but you know we, we took a couple days getting down a couple days getting back but that's i mean it's a lot of miles right yeah
0: well i mean you also had the benefit of like you you took time off like you know like your yeah. family had the time was, off to go. a time most for people sure. are going to be like going down and then trying to get back as soon as possible, maybe the next day, you know? And yeah, and, and I'm sure I'm sure holiday weekend flights are not cheap either, right? No, I can't imagine that the, it was a, a cheap uh, trip to, for anyone to take to go to T- yeah. Texas if you didn't actually live in Dallas. But anyways, yeah. that's great. Thanks for that live report. It's a bonus for everyone listening to this. We got a live report of what it's like to be in Dallas for the first night of the G1. Uh, for 2019, but let's, let's move on to 2015, Mike. Let's talk a bit about the background of the 2015 G1 climax. It was a, a two block, 20 man round robin tournament held from July 20th to August 16th, taking place over 19 shows. Uh, so ma- making this the biggest tournament in G1 history. Uh, this tournament will also mark the first time the G1 was broadcast in its entirety on New Japan World.
1: Yeah, I was uh I went back and I watched a couple of the matches uh earlier on before the finals and not everybody some of them were the single cam fixed cam shows mm-hmm. without any commentary. Uh, um but I, I remember this being a pretty big deal when it came on like that they were going broadcasting the whole thing. And I think the year before they did the pay, they did a pay-per-view for the whole thing, is that
0: right? The 2 years before were like I think it was uh, 2011, you know, that might've been when they started doing the, uh, the Nico Nico Ustream stuff, or okay. it might've been the year before that, but, um, yeah, that, but that you had to pay, like, I remember, like, I remember John saying like, Hey, it's like $119. You can watch everything. Yes. Wow. What a deal.
1: Was, I remember that exactly.
0: And, then
1: and it, like, I mean, at the time it, it was right. Oh, for sure. Now, now with that that's your year subscription for new Japan world. Right. So
0: exactly. So it's like. 10 bucks you can watch the entire or maybe like 20 bucks you can watch the entire g1 plus yeah. the entire archive of the japan world so it, it it's i think it's a smart thing for them to do i don't think they lost any money because i i would imagine the money they make even just for like the sign up just for the g1 and maybe people cancel in august is probably they still make a significantly large larger number larger amount, larger amount of money than they do like people paying 119 for every show
1: I mean, you would know what the uh, the every man on the street or who is involved in what it what this means in pop culture in Japan, right? How oh. how deep does the G1
0: run? Uh, in in Japan, oh, everybody knows about. It. Everybody who's a wrestling fan knows it's happening. If you're in Tokyo, they put advertising around all the train stations and like, stuff. Like, is
1: so. this along the lines of WrestleMania, where you have people that? kind of stray from the weekly or the monthly stuff but come back into it for this?
0: Uh no, I don't think so. That's Wrestle Kingdom, I think. Uh G One draw G One I say outside of Wrestle Kingdom weekend, this is the week that a lot of like the finals will be like a ton of people will fly in for that that week to go to the trend all three shows. Plus other companies run a ton of shows in Tokyo at the same time as the G One because the G One will be in, in Budokan Hall and and every other company is going to run korokin or shinkiba first ring in in the tokyo okay. area and and other smaller places so it's a huge the only other time that it's like this is during golden week and during uh wrestle kingdom so which coincidentally all three of those times golden week is one of the big it's this big spring holiday in japan where people get like a week off and G1 Climax f- falls under the, the Oban holiday in August, which is, like, another week off. And then, of course, Christmas. Oh, really? And yeah. <laughs> and Christmas and New Year's is also the uh, the time when, like, people get, like, you know, traditional, like, about, you know, 10 days off from, from work. Of course. So yeah, everybody
1: gets, like, Golden Week, everybody kind of, if you're doing an office job, you get the week off.
0: More or less. You, you more or less get the week off. Not not entire, <laughs> entire week, because Japanese companies are evil that way. But... <laughs> you know, so I know this year, this year, a lot of my a lot of my students at my corporate job were like, oh, yeah, I got I got a full week. Yeah. What did you have last last year? Golden week. I had three days uh, this year. Oh, I have 10 days. Well, that's a big difference. Yeah. So I, I really feel for like my Japanese friends who work in corporate jobs. It's it's not the easiest thing in the world. Um so yeah, we also introduced the idea of splitting the blocks into alternating dates. So you'd have A block, five matches from A block on one day, and then the next day you would have uh, five matches from B block. And this is cr- the current format that they keep to this day.
1: This was the first year for that. Uh,
0: 2050 in- introduced this idea. Um, I'm kind of okay with it, but at the same time, I kind of like maybe a shorter tour, plus like i you just watch all the matches without any undercard filler but i can see how it's beneficial for the for for the talent like they don't have to wrestle oh, yeah. every, uh-huh. every night they get a bit of a break working tags and the tag matches don't tend to be that long and and i got to say sometimes the tag matches can be really fun to watch if you have interesting pairings of like these partners together against uh you know their opponents and their ch- partner of choice on on the other end
1: yeah, I mean, it kind of sets the table. It 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 builds the the tag team partner. I think is like a, a character going forward. You know, like this year with with Yoshihashi not being in the tournament in in 2019, right? I mean, he's been in a lot of tags, and you know, they they keep talking about how he's like he's on the outs.
0: Yeah, I well, I don't see him ever coming back, to be honest. Unless they, they lose a lot of talent, but you know, just talking about this year. Briefly, like, I, I like the pairing of like John Moxley with uh, Shota Umino. I think that, yeah. that tag team is... Mm-hmm. like Their dynamic is really, really interesting and really, really fun.
1: I agree. Right, I think uh, I've, liked, I've liked their interactions in the tags for sure.
0: I like their interactions. Let's get here. back to what
1: we're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, but I, I do like their interactions <laughs> backstage too uh, during the interviews. But yes, yeah, so let's get to the blocks. Let's talk about our participants. In A Block, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi, AJ Styles, Tetsuya Naito, Bad Luck Fale, Torayano, Katsuyori Shibata, Kota Ibushi, Togi Makabe, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, and Doc Gallows. Uh, What do you think about this block, Mike?
1: Pretty solid. I I watched the finals of Block A uh, with AJ and uh, Tanahashi, and uh, it was a fantastic match, too.
0: Yeah, AJ really had uh i think his last really banner like years was in new japan i don't think he's anything he's done in in wb has matched it
1: no i mean there is a a deep deep roster for him to have you know great matches with right and i think that that character as a leader of the bullet club was such a departure from you know babyface aj from tna
0: i think it helps well. I, I i'm just sad we never got to see a babyface aj in, in new japan because i think that would have done really well like with the fans and and would yeah. translate into really you know doing really well at the box office as well but let, let's move on to b block uh in b block we have shinsuke nakamura and this would be his last g1 climax due to him leaving for the wb a year later uh Kazushika okada carl anderson hiroki goto tomohiro ishii michael elgin making his uh, g1 and new japan debut uh yujiro takahashi yuji nagata Satoshi Kojima and Tomaki Hanma. And what do you think about B-Block, Mike? Uh,
1: I like the idea. I did watch the finals for B-Block as well. When you get those matchups between guys in the same faction. So the finals for B-Block was Nakamura versus Okada. And my Japanese is uh, terrible. And I like maybe 10 words. But I'm assuming at that point that that, that match was for all the marbles for a B block, correct?
0: Uh, yeah. Going look, into think, that? No, 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 no I think, I think due to some, yeah, I think Nak Okada's record was matching o- Nakamura's. I'll talk about yes. both, both Tanahashi's and Nakamura's <laughs> records, but yeah. Yeah. Usually by the time you get to the last match of each block, like there's some interesting math going on with like what happened yeah. throughout the whole tour. So like, these are like basically semi-final matches essentially.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, this year of uh, this this year that we're that we're looking at uh, Nakamura had to forfeit a match, correct?
0: Yeah, he had a forfeit a uh, match to Michael Elgin, so it's one of his only two losses in, in the uh, in the tournament because he had an elbow injury and he just took one day off. And I, I imagine he was going to lose to Elgin anyways because I think the idea was that him and Tanahashi were going to have the same record going into the finals. Okay, okay. so let, let's talk about their past. So basically. Uh, both men, Tanahashi and Nakamura, have a seven to, 7 wins, two losses record. Uh, Tanahashi's only losses coming to uh, Bad Luck Fale and Tetsuya Naito. Nakamura's loss are, losses only are to Carl Anderson and Michael Elgin, and that was due to a forfeit. But like I said, I think it was probably a given that he was going to lose to Elgin to kind of like push Elgin really strong to have a, a win over uh, Nakamura. So... Probably it didn't it didn't really affect them too badly.
1: Uh, with with not getting hurt, no. I mean, if it wasn't gonna be Elgin, then you're probably right it would have been somebody else in the field, maybe, but uh sure, give it to Elgin. It gives him a I mean he didn't really get to beat him, but uh would have been a bit of a rub, I guess, if he had.
0: Well, if you just look at the result, El Mike Elgin defeats Shinsuke Nakamura, you don't see why. It, <laughs> wow, he, he beat Shinsuke Nakamura, you know? you know the forfeit yes yeah well i mean like i mean if i am like he's doing a show for big japan where he's going to fight daisuke Sakamoto on a on a big show here in 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 uh, japan and i got to say like probably you know if i'm big japan for wrestling i'd be like oh yeah he's defeated this guy this guy shinsuke nakamura and like Tanahashi and Kinomega, <laughs> all this not 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 saying yep. that it was forfeit but there you go um and in 2014 uh the G1 uh, moved away from Sumo Hall and went to uh, the Seibu Dome in Saitama. So this actually marks the, the return of the of, of the G1 Climax Finals to the last three nights of the tournament back to Sumo Hall. So we're we're seeing I think which is probably a good idea. If you if you listen to the 2014 episode, you'll you'll hear me talk about like there were a lot of empty seats there. There was a typhoon. It's it's so if you, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's basically. The Seibu Dome is a baseball stadium with uh, a roof over it, but there's no walls. So there's all this like air can just uh, freely flow through and it's during a typhoon basically. So all this rain is running through the, like the the upper decks of the seats. And, and so like my side was fine. I'm loving it because I get this amazing breeze, which is a departure from like the sweat box at the, you know, that the sumo hall usually is during this time, but there's one side of the arena where everyone on that side is just getting soaked from the water. And (laughs) I am simultaneously like feeling sorry for them and laughing my ass off at like the, the sight of it. Cause it was just ridiculous to see this happening right, right in front of my eyes. And I'm dry as a bone, you know,
1: (laughs) right. You're
0: lucky. I'm lucky. I'm lucky that. I got a nice breeze. (laughs) For the finals for a change and and like i stayed pretty much dry throughout the whole show so there you go Yeah.
1: Right. were Let's, you at the finals for 2015
0: was i at the finals for 2015 i no yeah. i skipped this year no because too hot no well two things one i i think that coincided with a, a return trip to toronto like in september yeah. so right. i was saving money um for that two it, like we said, we, it was the first time the whole thing was broadcast on New Japan World. I had the service, so I thought I'm gonna right. I'm gonna stay home. I'm gonna watch it from the comfort of my home. From my home, I don't have to wait for it. You know what I mean? So, and mm-hmm. I think my friend, a friend of mine, came over to my house, and we ordered pizza and we just watched it from the comfort, the the air conditioned comfort of my of my living room. Mike, nice, So, nice. Let's get to the match. So we start the video on New Japan World, and I'll come 1st out first. Is Masahiro Chono? He's walking down the aisle. We don't hear his music because, for whatever reason, New Japan World does not own the rights to broadcast his song. But it's it's probably a good thing we can't hear his music because if if you're familiar with Masahiro Chono's entrance music, there's a sample at the beginning that that would not get over these days. I'm I'm surprised no one ever complained about it in the first it, it, when it first happened. You know, like I'm not gonna say what the the sample says. If you're, if you're familiar with Masahiro Channel, you'll know what the sample says. But anyways, it's probably a good idea that they overdub this. Next out is Keiji Mudo. And his music is overdubbed because they don't have the rights to his music either. So <laughs> what do you think
1: about... And Keiji, Mudo's, Keiji Mudo is wearing like a, a teddy bear baseball cap and golf shirt, right?
0: Oh, that's his and, pro wrestling remember- love, like branded, like kind of clothing.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, he, he wears and like he's got- shit all the time.
1: So we're in the uh, we're at the 25th G1, and we're bringing out the participants of the final of the first. Correct?
0: Yes, yes. They were in the first ever G1 climax in uh, 1991, right? So yeah, here we go. They're there for the 25th anniversary. Chono's pretty much retired, uh, and Muto is the president of. Uh, all Japan for wrestling at this point. But you know, they're still friendly enough where they invited him. He said, Yeah, I'll, I'll come do commentary. And basically that's their role. They're doing commentary for uh this particular match. Okay. Um so let's see. We see the uh we see Nakamura and uh Tanahashi. They're kind of like the they were kind of like the modern day versions of Chono and Mudo, that they're longtime rivals. Uh, They've had many matches against each other for the title at, at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, other shows during the G1. But this is their first ever meeting in the finals of the G1. And it would be on their only meeting, probably, in the finals of the G1, Mike. So it's kind of a historic meeting between Tanahashi and Nakamura, even though they've had a long rivalry at this point.
1: Yeah, and I think that, uh, that kind of plays out at the
0: end. Yeah. So up first is uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. He's now wearing his horrible baggy pleather uh, pants, and uh, I, I hate this look. By the way, I liked it like when he was like wearing the tight tight leather pants. They're tucked into his his kick pants. You like the, the
1: tucked into the boots more so than the uh, over top of the boots.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't I don't understand why he wears that. I, I'm assuming he probably has like these big knee braces. Maybe that he's, usually when when a wrestler goes from like tight tights. To like like uh, baggy like pleather like Shawn Michaels, it's to hide like kn- uh, knee braces or like really huge knee pads. Right. Um, what do you think about the look?
1: Uh, I mean, that's kind of the way I was introduced to Nakamura. I think at the first couple times I saw him, I think was the the pants tucked into the the boots. But I mean, I think this is the way that people recognize him now, especially if you mostly know him from WWE. Uh but this this match is not Shinsuke Nagamura from WWE, no. that's for sure.
0: What do you think about his current look with the jumpsuit?
1: Don't like it. You?
0: Uh he he looks like a cross between like nineteen seventies like Dave Cockrum designed X Men costume with uh, uh yeah with, uh, with <laughs> like a uh, modern like the the last incarnation of the Charlie's Angels, you know what I mean? uh yeah maybe a little buck rogers to run in there little buck rogers in, like uh uh Wilma Deering more than buck rogers
1: yeah it's it's not great it's not great unfortunately
0: anyways let's, let's let's talk about hiroshi tanahashi he comes out second he comes out to his original theme song high energy which i much prefer to his current theme song go ace What do, what do you think which theme song do you like more uh
1: i like go ace better but i do like nakamura's uh new japan uh theme better than is either of his wwe ones
0: yeah um oh yeah like uh subconscious would be there's something uh, about that 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 go ace chant uh that i think people kind of get into it more you no know? the crowd i i think it's designed for people to like you know chant along with it it's, it's cool i i don't mind go ace i just like high energy more because like i'm so used to High energy being like his theme song. It'd be like if Misawa ever changed his so- song from Spartan X to something else, it'd be really weird. I'm, so I'm still like dealing with Go Ace, but it's grown on me. Like I don't hate it. I just prefer high energy more. A uh, bit of a trivia note here. We see uh, uh, Tanahashi being seconded in by a young Mohawk Jay White, uh, not, do- not, not doing his Switch play gimmick, of course, but uh, he's still a young lion out there with a short, short hair haircutted uh young david finley out there as well it's it's really interesting to yeah. see these guys that you know just like what only four years ago and they look so it's amazing, much younger
1: right well and they've all got short hair too right
0: and they're, like, they're clean finley shaven. Looks
1: completely different
0: oh yeah he's yeah. clean shaven and, and jay white of course he's grown out his hair he's got he's got the goatee now so he looks completely different than this guy that you see uh seconding uh tanahashi in this match uh let's Getting into the match. Uh, Tana's uh, early. Uh, who else? Oh,
1: wasn't Show or Yo in the outing as one of the young lines as well up there?
0: I didn't see them. Like I don't. I don't remember them. Like I. I usually notice. Is it when, kind of... Sorry. No, go ahead. I usually notice them. Like Yo Yohei Komatsu, I usually notice when he's seconding like um, like Naito because they always did this thing where like Naito took an interest in Yohei. Komatsu okay. and you know that's why I think maybe down in the line if they ever like you know reshuffle LIJ that like yo will like kind of turn heelish on on show and join with Naito because I think they have a, a kind of a uh, a strong connection with each other backstage so we'll see if that ever happens. I mean you
1: didn't even talk about Captain New Japan that was also out there as well
0: Captain New Japan we don't talk about Captain New Japan on this podcast
1: I, I'm talking about Captain New Japan right now let's to the bottom of this what do you got against him
0: uh he sucks He sucked. What do you want to say about Captain Japan? Mitsuhide Hirasawa was like—it baffles me. Like this guy never amounted to anything. I don't even know why he was accepted into the dojo. He somehow passed the you know the tryout. He got into the dojo. He graduated from the dojo. They gave him multiple gimmicks. He was you know himself Mitsuhide Hirasawa. He was in like the the Blue Justice team with Nagata and Fale when Fale was just a young lion as well. And then he went to Puerto Rico. He did this like wild man gimmick, which he brought back to Japan and it it died. And then he became Captain New Japan and then Bone Soldier, the first Bone Soldier, not Taiji Shimori. And it was terrible. All of it was terrible, Mike. It was just like, he sucks.
1: I just, I just wish you wouldn't hold back. I wish you would really start letting people know how you really feel. Uh,
0: He sucks. know what else i can say beyond like he sucks you know I, I i could put a fucking in front of that he fucking sucks you There, know there
1: there that's what i was waiting for
0: no but like like he sucks but he doesn't fucking suck like bad luck folly bad luck bad luck folly and doc gallows fucking suck okay oh. <laughs> at least at least like captain New japan stays in his lane in the comedy shit like i actually have to watch a straight wrestling match with these two big Bubbling goofballs, having a shit match with every guy they they go in the ring with, you know? So, they fucking suck. Captain Japan just sucks. But anyways, should should, should we... So we'll never talk about Captain Japan on this podcast ever again. So, thanks, Mike. Thanks for that. Okay, anyways, let's talk about uh, Tanahashi's early strategy is to go after the uh, damaged left arm elbow of Nakamura, which is heavily taped at this point. Now, you watched some earlier matches. It, uh, did it get injured in one? I guess, yeah, that's just like his injury we talked about before. His legit... That is the injury, yeah. The yeah. legit injury Our, that he had, so...
1: We're assuming it's legit.
0: We, we no? don't know, like, you know, people are saying that maybe uh, Will Will Ospreay's neck injury, quote-unquote, is not real. We, they worked everyone. They're saying maybe Ibushi showed an old photo of his ankle. Maybe that's not actually heard. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, I don't care as long as the matches are good. I don't care if they're legit injured or not, to be honest that, with you. That's so. that's
1: the story. That's the story, right? That the these guys are injured. I mean, getting back to Nakamura, I mean, that's why he missed the match. It's taped up and Tana tries to take advantage of it. For sure. He seems
0: okay this match, doesn't he though?
1: Nah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the finals, right? I mean, you got to wear your uh, your big boy pants and done.
0: So maybe this is like the prototype. This is like the, the test run of like, let's work everyone. Let's say you have an injury to one of the wrestlers in the G one, and they fool everyone. Everyone's like, oh my god, he has a legit injury. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? I
1: mean, it, is this is this the first time that something like this kind of was a story going along?
0: I'm sure there have been others. I, I yeah, like, like not necessarily in the G one. I'm sure there has been, but I I, I don't think it's the uh, yeah. I don't I don't think it's like the newest thing in wrestling. I think like it's a, it's probably. It's up there with like junkyard dog getting blinded by the freebirds, right
1: no, but there's something about these guys having to do the schedule, and you know guys like Juice last year with the hand and this year we got two guys who are going in pretty early in the tournament have been injured, and i mean it's it's it takes over the story of their match, which is fine because that's that's the story that they're trying to tell that they're trying to get over this injury, and the Nakamura elbow injury. Uh, isn't at the beginning of this finals with Tanahashi but it kind of goes to the wayside I would say after the first five six minutes
0: yeah I I think you know by the time they get to the the closing stretch they're they're into just like putting on the best performance that they can Um, the crowd seems to be a bit more behind Nakamura in this match so I felt like Tanahashi was like you know going with it and he's playing like a subtle heel in the early stages of this match what did you think Mike?
1: see I was I was going to say the exact opposite I thought that there was more of a Tanahashi chant for sure. Might have been just a couple of louder young ladies that were uh, closer to the mics, but uh, I was I was thinking that the crowd was definitely more of a Tanahashi. Well,
0: I, I think you definitely hear a split in the in the like who who's supporting who. Like for the you hear more male voices for Nakamura, and you hear more right. like younger voices like kids and, and women chanting for Tanahashi in 2015. Right. So definitely, it's kind of like the, the Cena effect, isn't it?
1: Yes, for sure. I mean, I the, that that's the the comparison between Tanahashi, right? Is yeah. that he's the John Cena of Japan? And I think that's a little unfair. But
0: well, he's a better worker. But I mean, that's not. A, yeah, I think, yes. that's not a thing against John Cena. I think he's a great wrestler. But you know, Tanahashi, like his persona, his presentation to the fans is, and his reception to the fans, in, in a lot of times in a lot of years, is very similar to how how John Cena's was, received like john cena is you know more popular with kids and women and less popular with the males and usually john cena's opponents are more popular in in any given match the same goes true for tanahashi these days i don't think so much anymore i think you still see you see a cross the board support for tanahashi because now he's kind of reached the legend status in the company
1: i think that's fair what what cena's become maybe in the last year and a half too no
0: I, I would say so, but I, I mean you would know better yeah. than me. I don't. I don't watch as much WWE as I used to, so. I, I, I mean, he's know. not around as much either, right? So. Yeah, I think that helps him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, it's probably better for him. He's probably way better off becoming a movie star, in my opinion. But, <laughs> but getting back to the match, uh, Tanahashi chop blocks Nakamura's left leg and starts working it over. Uh, Nakamura is able to turn. The tide around by knocking Tana, Tanahashi off the top turn vocal with a kick to the face, ouch! Right to the floor, you know. Right
1: to the floor. Um, I think one thing we didn't talk about was the air guitar of Tanahashi. If you don't know, uh, it's a big, big thing for him. And a little bit earlier on in the match, he he strummed it once, you know. Another another part he strums the air guitar again, and he throws the air guitar into the crowd. And we don't see the air guitar again for the rest of the match. Like, he's getting down to business.
0: Wait, why, why are you calling but it yeah, the, that. Why are you calling the air guitar? It's real. It's invisible.
1: <laughs> it's an invisible guitar? Okay. It's an, it's an invisible, invisible guitar. guitar. My bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that, that is that the,
0: the definition of it? It's invisible. You, 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 they, air means invisible in Japanese. Don't you know? Oh,
1: okay. No, I did not know
0: that. Well, but well, there you go. That's, that's some... Uh, some edification on my part for all the listeners out there. That, that's,
1: that's true. It's an invisible guitar, which is the same as an air guitar, if you ask me, but go on.
0: Well, it's, bat- but, it's, but it's it's tangible. You can touch it. You just can't see it. <laughs> Anyways, Nakamura follows up with a <laughs> stiff kick to the chest and a knee to Tanahashi as he's draped over the apron. Uh, you hear Tanahashi calls, mainly from women fans, Uh Tanahashi is able to regain control of the match. Uh he goes for his second rope flipping senton but is countered by Nakamura's uh, spinning back kick. Uh he does the uh shaking foot stomp in the corner. Do they give that a name in WWE? Yeah, yeah it's
1: got vibrations. Good vibrations. Good, good vibration.
0: I hate that fucking move. Uh but I uh, I hate the move and I
1: hate the name for
0: it, but Yeah, I think I hate everything about it. Uh, but uh, yeah. So it goes for good vibrations. But Tanahashi uh, fires back with a dragon screw leg whip that sends Nakamura to the floor. Uh, Tanahashi climbs to the top, high fly flow to Nakamura, who's on the floor. Absolutely nuts at this point, Mike.
1: That was quite the high fly flow.
0: And it, the if accuracy, he... really. You know the grace and the accuracy. He, re-
1: he really like jumps up before it's not like a jump off it's like a jump up off the top rope and and doing it
0: it's like rob van dam's five-star frog splash you know like the it's way little, he launches potatoes, yeah, yeah well like he, the way he launches himself like rob van dam was able to get really great height because he launched himself off the the top by jumping up and like tatahashi does the same thing with the high fly flow whether it's onto his opponent in the ring or, or on the floor in this case true uh, Nakamura is thrown back into the ring, and he kicks Tanahashi off the apron uh, as he attempts to climb back in. Uh, there's an elbow strike exchange. Nakamura wins that. Then a running knee while Tanahashi is on the top rope. Then a lung blower on his left knee, which, you know, Tanahashi has, uh, has been working on throughout the whole match. But, his and yep. then a reverse power slide. But, you know, the thing is, like, this this is a cumulative effect to like, eventually this knee damage to Nakamura's left knee will play into the match, Mike.
1: hmm It was amazing that everything was pretty much almost always focused on that left knee. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, Bomaye is countered with a drop kick to Nakamura's left knee. Uh, Tan- Tanahashi uh, takes... Uh, uh, sorry, he blocks another uh, spinning heel kick and turns it into an inverted dragon screw leg whip. I love what he does like the dragon screw leg whip in different ways. Like he'll do a grounded one. He'll do the regular one. He'll go the other way. It's always in amazing. the ropes, in the ropes. It's amazing. Like how he uh, has so many different variations of this one particular move.
1: Um, and, they, and it's such a vicious looking move too. Like it's, it just looks so nasty doing it.
0: Like, like Mudo had a nice one, but it, it, it was like a snap. Like you could tell like, okay, it is probably really protecting the guy. Tanahashi actually just, like, really gets in there. I'm, I'm sure he's not hurting his opponent, but at the same time, it looks like he's, like, just wrenching it. Like, he's, like, he's actually got a, a, a wrench, and he's, like, you know, putting it on the, the joints and just, like, uh, like cranking on that fucking thing, you know? And
1: it's so fast and, like, so violent, too, right? Like, the direction he just kind of whips it. It's it's pretty incredible that, you know, it, it's such a, a, a big piece of his uh, arsenal, right?
0: Well, he takes it from, like, the lineage of, like, Tatsumi Fujinami. So he takes, like, things like that and the, uh, and the, uh, dragon suplex from him. And of course, like, he's a, he's hugely influenced by Keiji Mudo as well. Uh, from the inverted dragon screw leg whip, we see, uh, Mudo apply a Texas clover leaf, one of his signature moves. Uh, Tanahashi, uh, drops Nakamura with a fisherman, uh, Michinoku driver. He goes for a high fly flow, but uh, Nakamura rolls out of the way and hits the Bamae to the back of Tanahashi's head. That looked like it hurt. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of stuff in this match that looks like it hurts. I bet it actually did hurt. I think these two are so close and they know each other so well that they just go out there and say, let's just hit each other really fucking hard. Okay. You hit me really hard. I'll hit you really hard. Even
1: in the forearms, like some of those forearm exchanges were just like it's pretty intense. Pretty, uh, pretty intense. Yes,
0: definitely. Uh, Nakamura hits a jumping Bombay off the second rope. Uh, Tanahashi counters by catching Nakamura and rolling him into a Japanese rolling clutch for a two count. Uh, Nakamura comes back with a knee lift, a standing scissor kick, and a sliding bombaye for a one, two, uh, two count. Very exciting. We're reaching we're, we're the, 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 the crescendo.
1: Uh, it looks like it's getting hotter and sweatier in that arena. Uh, that scissor kick to the back of Tanahashi's head was pretty incredible. That, that Tanahashi still standing afterwards, like, well, well it, my God, it's—I
0: wouldn't know how hot it's getting it is pretty stiff. I, I wouldn't know because at you this were. point, I'm eating a pizza <laughs> with pineapple on it. I'm sure, and, and uh, drinking and, and drinking a Coke Zero. <laughs> uh,
1: probably like like a like a weird. Coke Zero of some sort. I,
0: what, well, like, I, I'm a big fan of Coke Zero. I, Rosebud
1: I like flavored Coke Zero or something.
0: No, it tastes like I, regular I've seen, Coke.
1: I've seen some of the pictures. Just regular, just regular Coke Zero, not like orange Coke Zero or something.
0: Oh, you mean like my pictures?
1: Yeah, your pictures like of oh, you. Oh, there's when you
0: find. There's oh. this is one like lime Coke. It's garbage it's don't it it, it's not it look it tastes like you're drinking fucking toothpaste don't ever fucking drink that if you come to japan coke plus is good i like coke plus big fan of that i like lemon coke that's really good what's coke plus it's got vitamins or some shit in it i don't know (laughs) but it's it's good but but it tastes good i don't i don't care like do i believe there's actual (laughs) healthy vitamins and shit in in coca-cola no Come on. yes, But it tastes Come good, it was- so I'll drink it. Anyways, <laughs> where am I on this? Uh, so, yes, let's get back to the match. Tanahashi escapes a landslide and hits a twist and shout, goes for a sling blade, cross-body high fly flow, another high-five flow for a one and a two. Holy shit, Nakamura kicks out of a cross-body high-five flow, that, which was followed up by the regular high-five flow. This match yeah. is fucking off the charts at this point, Mike.
1: It was. Uh, I mean, even knowing ahead of time who's going to win, uh, it was incredible. This match, and it's it's keeps going. It's like bang 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 bang, like <laughs> oh, it's really oh, ramped up.
0: Oh, we're not done yet. So from this point, nope. uh, Tanahashi goes for a dragon suplex, but uh, Nakamura breaks free. Uh, Tanahashi attempts a straight jacket German suplex, but Nakamura head back headbutts him right in the face. Uh, Tanahashi uh, uh, slaps Nakamura in the face, but Nakamura straight punches Tana right back in his fucking face. That was beautiful.
1: Yes. yes, Stiff. Nasty. And there's so much stuff going on. It's like, I'm trying to make notes, and I'm like, uh, this is, this is, this is, this is, I'm like, I've, I've got like 80% of the same things you just said. I missed the straight punch in the face, but like, in my notes. But it's insane. Like, this this is a pretty incredible I thought this was a pretty incredible final. But, you keep, keep going.
0: Yeah, I, I have to go... When I watch these things, I have to, like, pause, go back a little, and then, okay, write down these moves. Okay, continue. Okay, stop. Pause. Go back a little. It, it's it's not the most seamless viewing experience for me, but I still enjoy it. Because these matches are usually pretty... So good that, like, I, I can still enjoy even, like, kind of an interrupted viewing experience. Uh, yeah, so... far And from the, the punch to the fucking face... Nakamura finally hits the landslide. And at this point, both men are just absolutely exhausted. They're out of it. I'm sure they're like aching all over. And the crowd's just eating this up. The, the atmosphere is incredible in this building, Mike.
1: Totally. Like it is off the charts. Everybody is like chanting, screaming, clapping, like you name it. This crowd is, uh, it's not the play quiet crowd that you would, you've heard Japanese crowds are. This is, uh, this is a really engaged crowd at this point. And no, no, and I don't think anyone knows who's going to win, right? Like that's the other thing.
0: Oh no, definitely not. Like you, you, can see Nakamura being the guy to get the title shot. You can see Tanahashi being the guy to get the title shot. It's like that's what I think. One thing I like about recent G ones is like anyone could win these things. Like there, there could be like some story behind, like like even Go to Omega, like their their G one finals. I didn't know who was going to win that because I didn't think who was going to get the push. Okay, they're going to repush. Goto. Oh, no, they're going to give this big push to the new guy in Omega. We didn't know. Right. So that's what I like about these these finals. There's so much drama going into them. The the, the winner is not not necessarily always, you know, like obvious.
1: So at this point, both of these guys are like they're dead. They're dead tired. They're sweating. They're, they're lying down on the ground.
0: Yep. And, but it's not over, Mike, because then following this, there's another elbow strike exchange from both guys. Uh, Tanahashi eventually wins that, but Nakamura drags Tanahashi to the mat and <laughs> starts hitting him with his grounded knee strikes. Uh, he lifts Tanahashi in a front face locks and, and gives him a knee lift with the left knee that's been worked over the entire, the entire match and that, that he never stopped using throughout the match. So he's, that's his, that's his like, his, his signature knee, right? The, the left knee. That's what he hits the bomae with. That's what he does all the knee lifts with. And finally, yep. this is the point where it catches up with Nakamura. So the, the payoff of Tanahashi working over the knee, uh, Nakamura just ignoring the pain and keep using, keeps using it throughout the whole match. This is where it catches up with him. And I just thought, this is beautiful. This is pro wrestling at its finest oh my god, I'm so in love with this match at this point. Like, more so than I was before this point where just, like, his knee gives out to him. Uh, That's the blow that finally hurts him. The, the, uh... Where he gives him that knee lift, you know? That's the Uh, one where he, like, clutches and he's, like, going down and it's like, oh, this is so amazing. (laughs) Any thoughts? Uh, no. I
1: mean, you've described it perfectly. You know, it's, uh... How how do you, how do you feel rewatching this match? I mean, do you do you find yourself like? I mean, you watched it probably pretty close to live, if not live, originally. I mean, we're here we are four years later. Uh, what are what are your thoughts watching this? Would you watch it two, three times before we did this podcast?
0: I I think you know, for me, watching these things back, I gained a deeper appreciation for like some of these guys in in like this time in their careers. Like, definitely Tanahashi is is still like Tanahashi not like 2019 Tanahashi is like kind of winding down but 2015 Tanahashi is still pretty fucking amazing and Nakamura 2015 holy shit he's so good you can see why WD wanted him but you can see they didn't they wanted him but they didn't let him be him you know
1: no no it's true and uh I remember you know Probably a little bit before this match, there was one of those War of the World show at the uh, Glorious Ted Reeve Arena. And it was uh, one of the matches was Nakamura versus uh, Roderick Strong. And it, like it was one of the best matches I've seen in person. You know, I was like middle of the card, but like both those guys, like you can imagine what it was like, right?
0: Oh, Roderick Strong. Even if it was a Ted Reef. Yeah. And Nakamura? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did did not did Roger uh, Roderick Strong chop some stupid fans outside the outside of the arena after the show?
1: Uh I I usually hightail it out of there afterwards, but <laughs> Truth Martini was might have been there too, I'm not sure.
0: Do you remember I think we might have been at a Ted Reeve show before I moved to Japan and like outside after the show, all I see is Roderick Strong. And, like, there's this fat fan, like, taking his shirt off. and like, come on, chop me! So, Roderick Strong chops him. This man immediately regrets being born. It was funny. Yeah! I, I laughed hard at that.
1: Like, I, I would not want Roderick Strong to chop me. No. No.
0: That's, oh, not, that's not a he, good he didn't hold back. He chopped this idiot, like, really <laughs> fucking hard. He chopped him like he was Eric Stevens. If you ever, ever remember those, <laughs> those matches, like, you know, he chopped him that fucking hard. I was like... Yeah, he does not like this dude. He probably got paid for that. Good for him. That's also the thing where I think we saw the fight. Did you see the fight outside the Ted Reed Arena? No. After an ROH show? That was crazy. Oh. I'm not going to get into it, but that was a crazy night at Ted Reed for, for that ROH show. Um, so anyways, Nakamura... We're to get
1: back to this match here, yes.
0: Nakamura's uh, knee buckles. Uh, long enough for Tanahashi to catch him with another Dragon Screw legwork. A big one. Really does a lot of damage. Uh, but uh, Nakamura is able to block Tanahashi's sling blade and catches him in a flipping arm bar that they both roll through several times until, several Nakamura, times, finally, yeah. Yeah, until Nakamura finally lands on top and applies it. Uh, Tanahashi is able to escape, but uh, Na- Nakamura hits the Bamae for a two count here. Uh, the story in this match is that the left knee has been weakened. So now the, the Bomaye is less effective and powerful than it normally would be, Mike. So I, again, just layers and layers upon the the psychology, the storytelling in this match from two absolute world class masters of the art form of professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, it was kind of amazing how many times the Bomaye gets hit, but usually it's a, I mean, it's a pretty protected finish, right? Uh, all these years. Uh, that's the what do they call it?
0: Kinshasa, Kinshasa in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the idea for is like like it. if Tanahashi didn't hadn't been working over this thing throughout the whole match, and if no, like if exactly. A. if like Nakamura hadn't been using it throughout the whole match, it probably would have finished the match. That's the story going into this, and I just think, but they're not hitting you over the head with it. You know what I mean? Like no, th- like it's it's right there for you to see if you're paying attention, like. Paying attention is its own reward, you know. In in wrestling, I feel. <laughs>
1: uh, you, you, be, you can't be checking your phone when you're doing this. Is what
0: you're saying? This is true. Yes. Uh, yes. Nakamura tries for a top rope avalanche landslide. <laughs> Thank God he didn't hit it. Uh, but Tanahashi thankfully blocks it with elbows and slaps, and he hits the high five phone. <laughs> Well, so imagine this, Nakamura is like standing on the second rope and he's kind of like, yes. he's like grabbing the top rope. So he's kind of suspended and Tanahashi hits the high fly flow while Nakamura is standing on the second rope. That was fucking crazy, but that's not, he doesn't go for a cover. He picks him up. He hits a dragon suplex <laughs> for a two count. Okay. Yep. Right. Then we go back to the, uh, so then he, Nakamura is now on his stomach. So he's, fa- he's laying yep. face down on the mat. Tanahashi hits the high-fly flow to the back. He flips Nakamura over, back to the top, and he hits another absolutely beautiful, gorgeous, I i can't even, uh, like, heavenly high-fly flow. For the one, two, three, Tanahashi beats Nakamura in 32 minutes and 15 seconds in an amazing, amazing match. Maybe in the top three matches of their storied rivalry, Mike. Okay.
1: where would you place it in the top in the 25 uh, previous G1s Z you've watched that, finals? Oh,
0: dude, I, I'm going to have to save that for episode 28 which I'll which, That's uh, right. I, I, I will give my probably my top 5 G1 finals matches and my top 5 G1 finals performers but I will tell you this, that Kanahashi what's,
1: what's the sandwich review of this match before we go on?
0: Oh, it's a fucking Montreal smoke. Smoked meat sandwich, my friend. It with with all the sides. This is a five star fucking match, in my opinion. You know.
1: Are you getting the Are you getting the black cherry cola or the black cherry pop, or are you having a Coca Cola inside? What is it?
0: Uh, this is uh this is iced tea actually, like Japanese Ice- iced tea. Yeah, yeah Japanese yeah. iced tea. Not not that sugary shit that that's permeated throughout North America. This is like the healthier shit. That's no sugar in it.
1: So we so we've got coleslaw, we got a dill pickle, we got fries, we got. Montreal smoked meat from oh, Schwartz's. Oh,
0: oh, hold on, hold on. It's not fries. It's poutine.
1: It's poutine. Yeah,
0: that's
1: that's a, that's a lot of calorie, my
0: man. But it's worth it because <laughs> there's 32 minutes of just sweating throughout this match. So, it's so there you go. It's it's a metaphor, Mike. It's not. There's no real calories in a metaphor. Come on, get with the program. <laughs> it's metaphor. it's okay. So, okay. What do you, so. I have. I gave my, my rating for the match. What was your rating for Nakamura versus uh, Tumachi?
1: I've, I've been doing... Um, so my daughter's been away for the last week, uh, but we've been keeping tab of, of her picks and stuff like that for the this year's G1. I'm just doing it at a five, and I'm giving this a solid... It's a five. I'm not breaking my scale like uh, Meltzer. It's a solid five, this match.
0: There's no scale breaking here at Post Wrestling. Just tell you that right now.
1: I'm wait, I'm waiting for John Away to get like into I don't know, ice caps with whipped cream or some crap like that. But <laughs> uh,
0: I'm waiting for them to do do they drink cafe cafe lattes or anything? I can't remember.
1: Uh, I think theirs are just pretty much the size of the coffees and what goes in them, correct?
0: Yeah, I think it's like XL is five. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember. It's confusing for me. I'm, I'm not really I'm not a I'm not a coffee person really. I like coffee. But my coffee is like, yeah, regular and two creams. And that and I, I, I'm I have to
1: say yours is the most elaborate of the uh, the rating scales of everybody's. I think.
0: Yeah, but if you if you look at them, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, but I think if you look at John and Wade, it's, it's just the different sizes as it goes on.
0: Yeah, but like i I'm not, you know, everyone likes sandwiches, Mike. Not everyone drinks coffee.
1: <laughs> if you're normal, you drink coffee. Come on. what What? don't give me this what do you yeah yeah I'm telling you you're not you're not having coffee in the
0: morning you are not normal I drink coffee in the morning I'm just saying I don't love coffee to the extent that those two gentlemen do oh well obviously uh, you do so what if
1: what if you're gluten-free you can't be having sandwiches you know you uh, well, a gluten-free, I, I uh, diet. Uh,
0: well fuck them i don't care I,
1: i'm still uh, I uh, eat. whoa I, whoa 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 if you're out there and you do not eat sandwiches i want you to get a hold of wh or myself on twitter and let us know and be like i i i like coffee better than sandwiches
0: okay up there. then <laughs> use their rating i don't care it doesn't matter <laughs> to me i'm not offended wh your rating system sucks okay I hate sandwiches. I love you. Okay, I love you. I, okay. I, I, love your I think it's okay. fantastic. But, but if someone comes <laughs> on, comes at me at Twitter, and says like, I, "I hate your sandwich rating system." Okay, don't don't use it. I don't care. I like five stars. <laughs> okay, use that. I, I'm no, not offended. No, it's I don't not care. that
1: you, you claimed everyone loves sandwiches, and I think that's a bold statement. I think that's that's not necessarily true.
0: Okay, gluten free people. They don't like sandwiches. Vegans definitely and vegetarians are definitely not going to like my sandwich ratings because they're complete meat products. True. So, okay. So for vegans, it's three broccolis or five, I don't know, some f- fucking, <laughs> I don't know, uh, some tofu.
1: <laughs> if anybody else has got like a crazy rating system, I think we need to hear about it too. So, oh, uh... Uh,
0: You know what? I want to hear. Like, a I want to make... know what the vegan rating system is. And this is nothing against vegans. I I have many vegan friends. I would I love vegan food. By the way, if my friends are vegans and we have dinner and it's vegan, I love it. I'll eat it. It always tastes good. But I want to know what the what's a one star match, two star, three star, you know, four star, five star. But what's what are the quarter ratings in there? So mine are like you know, uh, fries, coleslaw, and and uh, and a pickle. Right? Those are each. Oh, those are are
1: vegan. Sides up
0: really so even could, coleslaw
1: uh i can't think it depends what you would make it with i mean if you're more of like uh if you use the vegan mayonnaise if you were using that or just vinegar then yes
0: yeah i'm more of a vinegar person for coleslaw
1: yep you like it a little bit more tart than sweet or what I'm a, are we talking uh,
0: mike i'm a big fan of vinegar i i will i you know like in japan i don't know if you do this in in uh, canada but in japan i've learned to add vinegar to my ramen okay just like, I kinda like
1: go to the states and be like, Do you guys have vinegar for my fries? And they're like, What do you want vinegar for? I'm like, uh I want vinegar for my fries. And they bring you like the salad vinegar, which where they make the uh, like a gross. like an oil and vinegar dressing with. are
0: like, uh <laughs> Gross. Gross yeah, like well, you See for me, vinegar, it's either white vinegar or malt vinegar for, for fries. Malt. Malt baby. Maybe apple cider once in a while, but oh, uh, never, malt, I, I've never it. done that. Never done that. No. <laughs> But let's, let's get back to the aftermath of this match. So, uh, if, if you're still listening,
1: Tanahashi has won the match with four high-fly flows, I think, if we're keeping track altogether.
0: Yes, and it's, it's, a, it's a Montreal smoked meat sandwich for me and, and five stars for Mike here. Uh, Nakamura, after the match, shows his respect to Tanahashi by uh, uh, sticking out his hand and, uh, you know, like shaking his hand and uh, raising it in victory after... Uh, kind of, yep. I think there's a story. I, I'm i not entirely sure, but I think there's been a story about like Nakamura and Tanahashi like never really shaking hands except this might have been the first time. Maybe they might have done it before, but I, I feel like it's been done before, like them shaking hands. But this is just definitely Nakamura just saying this guy is the best wrestler in this company in 2015 and maybe forever. He might. Really be the greatest wrestler to ever grace the ring of New Japan for wrestling, Mike. I mean, this this
1: handshake, if this is the first time, is kind of echoed in this year's G1 when Kenta tried to shake Nakamura's or sorry, Tanahashi's hand and Tanahashi turned it aside.
0: Kenta Kenta tried to shake Tanahashi's hand and yeah, Tanahashi was like, no, not. I think they're going to get to a point where maybe Shibata, who's friends with both, like brings them together. I hope not, because I actually think Kenta will grow as a wrestler if he's working Tanahashi in matches.
1: Yeah, I think if he gets... I mean, we should, we should get back to the the final of this, but I think, uh, I think Kenta on his own and finding his own feet again is what's going to help
0: him. Yes, you're probably right as well. Uh, so let's get back to the ceremony. Uh, so after uh, the Nakamura handshake, uh, Masahiro Chono presents the uh, G1 flag to Tanahashi, which... He will eventually break during waving it during the the uh, the post match. <laughs> this is the famous this is the famous instance of him breaking the flagpole. And so he's since like in the last year he was very careful about how he held the flagpole while he was waving it around in the post match during uh, 2018's G1 finals post match. Uh, Keiji Mido gives him the big check for 10 million yen. Uh, so I looked this up. I looked this
1: up. I was like, "What is 10 million yen?" This is a giant check, and and Mudo seems really excited about this check. He's, he's it's, it's 121 thousand dollars Canadian, man.
0: Yeah, that's one, the big payout for one match or for one match. Yeah. But. Well, I, I think of it as for one match because they're getting paid throughout the tournament, right? Yeah. Okay. So I I feel that 10 million yen is for. That match, it's like, yeah, what? That's that's better than some UFC payouts for main events, isn't it? I
1: would I would think so, especially with this new deal they got. But I <laughs>
0: okay. uh, will not talk about the who UFC. Gets, this, uh... Huh?
1: Tana, Tana gets the gets the trophy next, and who does he get this trophy from? Who's the third guy that's out there with uh with Chono Muda?
0: Okay, so he gets the G1 trophy from uh, a very famous and popular Japanese soccer player by the name of Masashi uh, Nakayama. Uh, who was also on was commentary. To... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not a famous wrestler type or anything. He's like a popular, like real life, real sport celebrity. So like he, he's left there. I don't know. Like, I, I guess he's like the David Beckham of Japan, I suppose. Okay. Like in terms of like how, how famous and popular he is. So he did the commentary with, with Mudo and uh, Chono and, and the regular new Japan, uh, announcer, but he's the one who presents him with uh, with Tanahashi with the uh, G one the big you know the big gold trophy that says G one on it. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, this was uh, just so for some history. This was the second of Tanahashi's G one climax wins of his three. He has three of them. Uh, the The first one was against in was against Yuji Nagata in two thousand and seven. Of course, the third one was last year against Kota Ibushi. Uh, yeah, so that brings us to the end of that. And, uh, just some post, uh, G1 notes here. Tanahashi got the contract to get his IWGP heavyweight title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. He had to defend it twice against the two people he lost to in the, uh, in the tournament, Bad Luck Fale and Tetsuya Naido. He, of course, successfully defended the contract against both of them. Uh, he would go on to face Katsuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom for the title, and unfortunately for him came up short in that match. Any any final thoughts on this match or things that happened after it, Mike?
1: Uh, and that was a repeat of the previous year's Wrestle Kingdom main event where Okada could not beat Tanahashi Yes. Uh, in the Tokyo Dome,
0: and, and
1: after, in 2016, Okada finally beats Tanahashi in the Tokyo.
0: Well, Dome. you know what happened in two thousand at, at the Tokyo Dome, like in two thousand fifteen. Like from that match, was that Okada cried?
1: Yes. Yeah, you're right.
0: So this whole thing was like you know building not towards Tanahashi like winning the title, but for for like Okada to get the the redemption from from yeah. crying the year before. So it's a really interesting <laughs> like year long story. So you kind of thought. Maybe Tanahashi was going to win the G1 because you would think that Okada has to beat Tanahashi eventually in in the eventually, Tokyo Dome. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing with Naito. Naito's big story is to beat Okada in the in the Tokyo Dome. He, I, I always feel like he could be the he could be the defending champion as long as he beats Okada. That's the thing that matters the most. That's why I feel this year Naito is the heavy favorite to win because I think Naito has to be the heavy favorite to get the the title shot at one of the dome shows, which I I think it'll be on the fourth January 4th show. Not the show.
1: I think he has to beat Okada for the title, like not just defend it, but I think he has to take the title off from Okada.
0: I think that makes it better. To
1: to tell the story.
0: Yeah, Yeah. definitely that makes it better. But the, the main story is to beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome, but it's better if he wins the title from Okada in the process. All right, so let, let's move on to the trivia part of the uh, All right. of, of this uh, show. Uh, did you do any research, Mike?
1: No, I, I, I stayed cold on this. Uh, even though this is my second time and I will look like a fool, I stayed cold and I am ready for your deep, in-depth pop culture trivia.
0: Okay, so in I'm August 16, 2015, what is the number one song on the Billboard charts? no idea uh it's a song called cheerleader did you, did you know did you know that before this no okay i know, anyways, Go on. <laughs> i i dude I, I i'm doing the research why would i need to know off the top of my head because anyway. you let it know you're like oh yeah i remember that jam it's awesome no and, i i, you know, I don't
1: know would say it's lit you know
0: <laughs> we not we don't bring up Brayden on this show you there anyways <laughs> Uh, the song is called "Cheerleader" by Omi. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, number one album, do you know. Nope. So I know this artist. It's a it's a it's a female artist by the name of Jill Scott, who I, whom I'm familiar with. Uh, the album yes. is called "Woman." So there you go. "Woman" by Jill Scott is the number one album at this time. What's the number one movie at the box office, Mike? Uh in
1: 2015, in the summer of 2015. I'll give you it a clue. Of Yeah, give me a clue.
0: It's a it's a music biography movie.
1: It's a music biography movie. Yeah, stumped. Go, hit me. What is it?
0: it? It's a it's a rap music biography movie.
1: Uh, is it the NWA
0: movie?
1: Yes. Straight out of Compton. Okay. It's
0: straight out of Compton. It's the number of movie in uh, uh in North American box office at this time. Okay, so let's move on to the um. The wrestling, the wrestling part? part, yes, the wrestling part. Who is the IWGP Intercontinental Champion in August of 2015? Mm-hmm. Naito. Not Naito. No.
1: Sorry, did you say WWE
0: or IWGP? Sorry, <laughs> I- IWGP.
1: Uh no.
0: Who is it? It's uh, Hiroki Goto. Okay. Uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Hmm. I feel he's one of your favorite wrestlers, Mike.
1: He one of my favorite wrestlers.
0: I I, uh, I think so.
1: I, is it Prince Devitt at this
0: time? No, Prince Devitt is gone by this by this point. The yeah, WP. you're right. He
1: is. Is he? Yeah, because he's just started in uh, in NXT, right? Yes uh <laughs> who is who has the iwgp junior heavyweight title at
0: this it's time? uh kushida
1: that i mean he's had it for on and off for years at this point right yeah yes I, yeah w-
0: would right. i be would i be incorrect in saying he's one of your favorite wrestlers uh i'm in that weight class yeah for sure
1: and at uh, this time period yeah
0: <laughs> so you're pretty stringent about the weight class then uh
1: no i think you know, when you say one of your favorite wrestlers, I mean, uh, you could say a lot of things, right? But uh, in this time period and at that, that weight class, yeah, for sure, for okay. sure.
0: All right. Is... I, w-
1: I would say at, at this at this time period, Kushida's in the top 10, for sure.
0: Uh, in Pro Wrestling NOAH, who is the GHC heavyweight champion?
1: No idea. Okay.
0: okay, he's not currently in Pro Wrestling NOAH now. He's back in New Japan. Uh... Is he still wrestling in New Japan? Like, to,
1: yes. Like, yes. Parts? Uh, is he competing in the G1 this year?
0: No. Famously, he's left out of the G1 this year.
1: Is, is it an older gentleman than both of us? Y- yes. Uh, does he own a clothing store? He,
0: he, he, Mike, you know who it is. Just say the fucking name, please. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki. Yes. It's, the GHC Heavyweight Champion is Minoru Suzuki at this time. This is when Suzuki Gunn is in the midst of their invasion of Pro Wrestling Noah when New Japan and Noah had this kind of working agreement at the time. Uh, Who is the Impact World Champion? Matt Morgan. No. No. Who is it? Uh, He's currently wrestling... Well, he's appearing on WWE television. I don't know if he ever wrestles. (laughs) In 2015, EC3. It's EC3, you're correct. Uh, This one you should know. Who is the ROH World Champion in August of
1: 2015? Uh, Is it Jay Briscoe?
0: It's it's, it's Jay, it's not a Briscoe though. It's
1: it's a Jay, it's not Briscoe's lethal.
0: Yes, it's Jay lethal. NXT Champion?
1: 2015, uh, August of 2015. I, I should know this for sure. Uh, is it Kevin Owens?
0: No. Uh,
1: it's after. It. It's,
0: it's after Kevin Owens.
1: Uh, after Kevin
0: Owens, Finn. It's Finn Balor, yes. And, Was this? Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no. I was trying to remember when when this part of August it was, but uh, I think Finn wins that in, in Tokyo, right?
0: Yeah. For Moans? yeah. At, yeah. At, uh, and, the, and then match.
1: they had the latter match at Takeover.
0: At Sumo Hall, they won it actually. Yeah. Okay. And finally, last last question: Who is the WWE <laughs> champion in August of two thousand and fifteen?
1: Did you know this before going into this? I'm going to try and bring myself back to, I guess,
0: around Summerslam at that time. Okay, uh, I, I knew I knew who I knew who the junior heavyweight champion was. I knew who the GHC champion was, and I knew who the NXT champion was before I did the research.
1: Um, it's before. Uh, Sheamus gets that run, which I think was in the fall, but I can't remember who it is. I'm I'm stumped.
0: He's he's dating a redhead right now.
1: This is Seth?
0: Seth Roll? This okay. is Seth Rollins. Yes, yeah. Seth Rollins is a WWE champion. I think this is like post. This is definitely post Shield breakup. He's with the Authority.
1: Right. Yeah. And then when he got that kind of longer run as a heel, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think he wears like his white gear at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, and this would have been around the time when he had that match against Cena for both belts, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah,
0: I, you know, there's a lot of like backlash against you know Rollins for his Twitter stuff with with Osprey a couple of weeks ago. As as of this recording, and I, I gotta say this, I I've always liked Seth Rollins. I liked him when he was Tyler Black. I liked him in NXT. I liked him in the Shield. I liked his heel run. I thought he was a pretty good heel champion. I don't mind him as a babyface. I just think he's unfortunately in the midst of like one of the shittiest creative years in the WWE's history.
1: It's not great. That's for sure. And I think, uh, you know, everybody I think wanted the WWE fans did really want to have that belt off of Lesnar and it hasn't gone as well as everyone thought it was going to. I don't think, you know, we know the audience has shrank and I think putting it back on Lesnar it's a bit of a panic move, right?
0: Yeah. But anyways, getting back to Japan, we're at the we're at the end of the show. And before we go, Mike, uh, let me ask you, like, are you what are your thoughts about the, the 2019 G one so far and what's your prediction for the finals? Uh,
1: I did not watch what are we at here? Friday the nineteenth, so I've not watched the the matches from today i going to watch them either later on tonight or tomorrow. So we're at uh, night two. Where are we? We're in Corican, right? Night two in uh,
0: Corican right no, now? No, it's in Oda. Oda Ward.
1: On so, the 19th? Yeah.
0: yeah. No, like no. Corican was like uh, I think they're doing three nights from yesterday. So like we're like in, in the tournament we're on like night six now.
1: Night six, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm a night behind right now. I've enjoyed most of it, but I feel like things have been held just a little bit in reserve. What would you say about that?
0: Oh, I I completely agree with you. I feel like these guys are all pacing themselves. I I feel like I'm not getting the same, like high intensity as I got early last year. I I feel like so far, like if I'm going to compare, the, the beginnings of yeah. the best of the Super Juniors this year and, and the G1. The best of Super Juniors has been way better than the G1 this year so far. I, I think that's going to change, obviously, as we get deeper into the tournament. By the time we hit we hit the Osaka dates, I think we're just going to be seeing, like, okay, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars <laughs> for a lot of these matches. But I do think you're right. I think they're holding back. I think they're pacing themselves. Like, not just, like, the new people. I think all of them are just pacing themselves uh, yeah. To, to reserve themselves for the big, like, Budokan Hall shows and for the, the Osaka shows and the Yokohama show.
1: So here we are, six nights in. Uh, do you have a favorite match from Block A and Block B? Uh,
0: I can't remember which block is which block. My favorite match so far overall was uh, Kenta versus uh, Tanahashi.
1: That was a good match. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I'm tied. I, I,
0: I haven't watched Tsubushi so Osprey yet as of this recording, so I'm sure that will change. Everyone's been raving about that. So and I don't know who won, so don't say anything.
1: No, I, I enjoyed that match. Um, I'm tied between the Okada and Tanahashi match being there and the Jeff Cobb and Ishii match.
0: Yeah, that was for good me so far. I like that match a lot as well. Uh, so your winner, your your finalist first, and who's your overall winner?
1: Uh, I have Bushi and Naito as my finalist. Okay. And, and and I have Naito as my winner. My oldest daughter, Vivian, has the same finalist, and she has Bushi as the winner.
0: Okay. So she's a Bushi fan? Oh, well, I, I, uh, I, I like doing things a little differently. I, I like to make like wild predictions. So I think the finals will be Naito versus Will Ospreay. Okay. With, with Naito winning.
1: With Naito winning, right, yeah. yeah.
0: Like, I, I feel like, you know, like there's a distinct possibility that Osprey will headline the other night for with the junior yep. title at top. So for that, I think he has to get the push of being in the finals. He has to get kind okay. of like that kind of stamp of approval in the eyes of the fans. Like, oh, he made the finals. He's, he won the best of the Super Juniors. He went into the finals. It doesn't matter that he loses to Naito. It's, it, it matters that he got to the finals and that he ran through enough people to make it to the finals. And I think that would give him enough cachet to legit headline the fifth. I think he's going to headline the fifth. And it doesn't matter if that sells out or not. Because, like, I don't think they're going into these two Tokyo Dome shows back-to-back thinking one, they're both going to sell out. But I think January 4th will be close to it. January 5th will be a little less so, you know?
1: So do you think they're still going to run, like, a New Year's Dash and on, like, the 6th or not bothered?
0: No, they didn't announce it, so they're not going to do it. I think they would have okay. announced it by then. Um, okay. and I think tickets would have gone on sale already for, for that, maybe. Really? If, if they were, oh, yeah, that thing, well, maybe not so soon, but that that thing's impossible to go to if it's in Corkin. Like, I felt they should have done just a regular Tokyo Dome show on the 4th and then held New Year's yeah. Dash in Simo Hall. That's what I thought they should have done. Okay. But it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Uh, I like John and Way already coming, Martin Bushby from the British wrestling experience is coming. We're, funny enough, we're all coincidentally staying in the same hotel.
1: I feel like there might be a travel agent that booked a lot. Of.
0: Yeah, well, travel agent booked... <laughs> the travel agent who booked John's uh, hotel was named WH. Uh, yeah. The travel agent who didn't book Waste vacation, but suggested the same hotel was WH. And Martin Martin <laughs> did everything on his own, actually. So it was a coincidence where... Hey, by the way, what are you saying? I'm saying this place. Funny enough, we are too. Wow, awesome.
1: Are, are you guys all going to stay in the same room? That's the better
0: question. Uh no. no. That for ten days? Oh, hell no.
1: So you're going to stay? Are you going to stay in Tokyo for ten days?
0: I'm staying in Tokyo for ten days. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be an expensive trip for me. Not as expensive as for like you know everyone flying in, but still. Yeah. I I have to take unpaid time off of work for this so.
1: I have to take a good
0: time Wow, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna abandon John to, to like, you know, to, to, to the mean streets of Tokyo for like I five feel like days.
1: John, I mean, it's, it's not Rapungi. I mean, I think he can wake his way around. Come on.
0: It's it's a harsh town, Mike. You don't understand unless you come here with your family, right? Then you might understand.
1: <laughs> then, do you think that's a good idea to bring a, a six and a ten year old then to uh, the harsh town of Tokyo?
0: well with with a giant father giant white father sure you'll <laughs> be safe. it'll be fine and I, I remember your your wife being rather fierce as well so i, I think between the two of you uh, you'll yeah. protect protect your kids I, really well i
1: i don't fuck around with marina like that's that's a bad idea so so kill me
0: so anyways well we'll, we'll uh end, end things there uh Thank you to everyone who who stayed listening to this. Uh, I enjoyed recording it with Mike because we're good friends. But um, I want to thank all the listeners for uh, all the positive feedback I've been getting on the shows recently. And uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining me once again on Cruel Summer. My pleasure. And do you have anything to plug? Uh, I want
1: want to shout out to uh, my buddy Nico. Uh, If you are looking for someone to listen to some podcasts about comics, drinking wine, uh tasting a bunch of weird t- treats and sweets that I picked up from him in Texas. Uh, look for him on Twitter at, at @neeks99. He's got three podcasts on the go and he lent me his mic the last couple shows to uh, to do this with you. So big uh big thanks to Nico. Thank you Nico. And uh you know, if you're uh if you're ever in Toronto and you're want to talk to Nico about those things, he mean, he works for me at uh, BMV on Bloor Street as well.
0: On the top floor.
1: On the top floor, on the comic floor. Uh, if you're a comic fan and you're listening to this podcast, it's uh, I hear it's a pretty good comic shop in Toronto.
0: It is. You guys have done wonders with that space. You know, I'm I'm Thanks, pretty impressed with it. Yeah. And you know, I'm someone who's like, yeah, I'm old school Toronto comic book store fan. You know, like Silver, old Silver Snail on Queen, Dragon Lady on Queen in college, The Beguiling on Edward. Like all this, all these things are gone now, right?
1: Uh uh, pretty much. Yeah, or they've changed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I I think the the BMV comic book store over on uh the the blur store, the fourth floor, it's amazing. It's a great space. Very, very feel has a nice comic book store feel without being and it's welcoming I feel as well. Like it's not like a boys club.
1: No. And uh we've tried to be uh inclusive and inviting to people and it's not, you know, just superhero stuff but it's different than your like a new comic book shop i mean a lot of it is uh older issues vintage stuff uh markdown stuff so that's i'm not going to pump the company i work for but (laughs) i think you know between between sean and nico's a big power to that and uh mel that works for me too you know those those three guys of uh two guys and a lady have done a fantastic job up there for sure if you're a comic book fan
0: well i'm going to be making a visit during my my stay in toronto in the next couple of weeks uh with that being said let's wrap it up thanks to all the listeners for listening once again and i'll see you on the next episode bye